dig. What's up? Welcome to the Things We Dig podcast, where we talk about pop culture and bullshit. On today's episode, Paul McCartney for sure. He is pretty much the backbone of the Beatles. Fight me on that. Not a Beatles song, but I've got my mind set on you. It's one of my all-time favorite jams, so shout out George Harrison. And I remember yesterday just standing out so much to me, and I'm thinking like, damn, this song is fucking beautiful. Biggest talent is actually my favorite, George Harrison. Uh, When I was younger, definitely a lot of the earlier works of the Beatles. And then as I got older, I discovered that older stuff that I still love to this day. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Things We Dig. As always, I'm Chris Fig. I could have been the fifth Beatle. (laughs) Hello, everybody. It's Dave. Welcome to the show. Greetings, everybody. It's Alex. And it's just me, Steve. As always, it's the other Chris, because I did my shitty accent last week. All righty, fellas. Great to see your faces. So, yes, today we're going to be talking about the Beatles. Four lads from Liverpool who took the world by storm. Members including Paul McCartney, John Lennon, George Harrison, and Ringo Starr. So the Beatles regarded as one of the most influential acts of the rock era with hits after hits, Beatlemania was a craze in the 60s. With 1.6 billion singles sold in the United States and 177 million albums worldwide, the Beatles topped the Billboard with number one songs with 21, the most of any band ever recorded, which is pretty crazy considering it was in the 60s. So I want to ask you guys, lightning round question, who was your favorite Beatle? For me, man, I always thought Ringo Starr was dope. I always thought he kind of got a lot of flack for being like the background guy, but I always enjoyed it, man. The glue that held the band together. Dave, I see your thumbs down and I fuck you. Dude, Yellow Submarine, one of the most iconic Beatle songs sung by Ringo, man. So you're good (laughs) at my books. I I always think of uh, a Family Guy sketch where... They're like, Ringo's like, I made a song, I made a song oh. or whatever. And they're like, oh, yes, Ringo, very good. We'll, we'll put it up on the fridge with the other ones that you made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, uh, no hate towards Ringo, but I've always felt like it's, you're, for me, it comes down to the other three and it's hard to choose, but I'm going to go ahead and say John Lennon uh, for my favorite Beatle. I like those choices. I'm going to go with my fellow left-handed man. Paul McCartney, for sure. He is pretty much the backbone of the Beatles. Fight me on that. Maybe so, but I'd say the uh, biggest talent is actually my favorite, George Harrison. Ooh, I'm right there with you, Steve. George Harrison, for the longest time, it was uh, John Lennon for myself. They're all great. Obviously, love them all. But I think as I got older and started listening to them more, just a lot of uh, interviews and behind the scenes. I feel like George was always just a cool, calm, collect Beatle, kind of quiet, but I'd say probably the the most talented of the bunch. So yeah, I'd say George Harrison for myself. Not a Beatles song, but I've got my mind set on you. It's one of my all-time favorite jams. So shout Dude. out George Harrison. George Harrison solo uh, stuff is great, man. I love George as well. It's a very hard decision. It's almost like how their music in general is, you know, and the influence they all have on different songs and kind of depends on what mood you're in. But they're all great. Pretty cool that we all chose a different Beatle, though. Yeah, pretty much. I would have picked George Harrison. I I think when you guys, if you guys watch that documentary, Get Back, he just like came in one day and was like, yeah, I was just chilling at home. And I thought of this song, I Me Mine, and just started playing it. And it was like, damn, bro, you don't realize how popular that song is now just on that point it's got to be wild i wonder if they ever got to the point of like just knowing what they were going to make was going to be huge just because they were so huge you know once they got to that massive success or if they ever wrote a song that we all think is a great classic song and they were just like eh, this song's not that great you know what i mean and then it turned out to be people's favorite song well funny you should say that dave is that's pretty much what happened i mean watching like i said i watched a ton of behind the scenes the anthology who has a really really good documentary called eight days a week and that's pretty much what happened they were in germany hamburg where they were getting their start and just busting song after song out living in somewhat shitty conditions they said all the group together and they ultimately thought like why why are we doing this like we're 
we're playing so often. So they're them thinking to themselves like, man, like, is this even worth it? And of course, they just have that love for music. And they're also talented that they kept going. And obviously now they're the Beatles. They're very iconic, made a huge mark on history. But I want to ask you guys, like, how did you guys get into the Beatles? Or were you guys Beatle fans since you were young? Maybe found them later in life? What's your story with the four lads from Liverpool? I was definitely introduced them by probably my dad. And it was, you know, more of their like hit singles and their earlier stuff, almost like the Beatles one album, you know, like more along those lines. Uh, when I got a little older and, you know, we could illegally start downloading music and shit, I started looking into more of the Beatles catalog and more of their psychedelic songs and catalog as well. And yeah, man, it was kind of just mind blowing when you get to discover that, especially when you're used to like that earlier stuff, you know, that was pretty much my journey with them. Uh, when I was younger, definitely a lot of the earlier works of the Beatles. And then as I got older, I discovered that older stuff that I still love to this day. I was introduced to the Beatles probably through my parents as well, but the person that really got me digging on it hard was the fanatic in this room, this chat room right now, Chris Figueroa. He was uh, quite the, uh, the Beatles man. You uploaded so many Beatles songs to my iPod that I still have. And I think you pretty much uploaded every Beatles song and you just were like, here. And we, we might have been we might have been doing some drugs during the time. I don't know <laughs> oh. what was going on. And you're like, oh. dude, this song. Oh, this song, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. We uh, we definitely were doing some drugs, man. Sorry, mom. But uh, you can also <laughs> think another guy in this room, Steve. I actually got that CD from him with, it was a couple hundred songs on, a, you know, we're dating ourselves, but on a burnt CD. And I just pretty much just slang that around to anyone who wanted it, you included, maybe even Dave too as well. Just like, hey, download all these songs. And obviously the days before Spotify, maybe iTunes were around, but none of us paid for music. Who paid for music in the early 2000s, right? Dude, definitely. Yeah. I remember I remember you putting the thing in. You're like, I wonder if this is working. And all of a sudden you just see a ton of songs <laughs> go into Alex's iTunes. And you're like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, that isn't bad. All of them, dude. Yeah, there was an MP3 CD, because uh, I used to burn CDs, but if you do like the normal way, you can only fit like 13 songs or something. But if you do as an MP3 CD, uh, you could do like hundreds. I think I put 187 songs on there, uh, even though Beatles songs is like 213. So imagine that there was even more. When I lived in Russia, that's when I discovered MP3 CDs, and they would have like... People would make them, but it'd be like three different bands. It'd be like Fall Out Boy and all of their like discography and then like Three Doors Down and The Killers. That's one that I bought. And it was just a ton. It was all of their music up to that point. And I was like, damn, this is pretty cool, dude. That's I never knew you could do that, honestly, before. Dude, yeah. I mean, the, the struggle back in the day, I guess it really wasn't that big of a struggle, but kids definitely have it easier or just us too. I mean, I can click on Spotify, Pandora, YouTube, and there's millions of songs, which is great. And, you know, there's some cons to that as well. But uh, what about you, uh, Christmas Cookie? What was your journey with the Beatles? I never really listened to the Beatles growing up. My family mostly was playing like country and stuff. And I never disliked them, but I never just sat down and was like, oh, the Beatles, I'm going to listen to them. I only know their popular songs. And then like a couple of you guys, I was uh, doing some drugs and my cousin put on Across the Universe and we watched the whole movie and it blew my fucking mind. I was like, man, that music is amazing. And then I just started yeah, going through their discography and fell in love with it and fucking jammed to it to this day. Nice, man. Yeah, like the Beatles been around, like I mentioned, since the 60s. So some of us may have found them when we were kids, older. Some people may be just discovering them. But uh, what about you, Steve? Uh, I can't recall like how I got into them, but kind of similar to Dave, like my parents had like that one album with all like their hits. Uh, I was familiar familiar with all of those songs somehow, uh, you know, just through exposure, I guess. And uh, that just really hooked me after that. I just went on a deep dive. Nice. Yeah, it seems like uh, obviously our parents are, you know, being from somewhat of that generation or just not too far from that generation of the Beatles, but their music is just long lasting stands the test of time. I think for myself, always knowing them when I was younger, my family definitely were 
more, more, more of my mom's side were Beatles fans. But I remember listening to music with my uncle and cousin who I hung out with. They're, they're a few years older than I am. And I remember yesterday just standing out so much to me. And I'm thinking like, damn, this song is fucking beautiful. Like so good. And then just kind of getting more and more into them. And then just like you guys said, got that CD from Steve, probably across the universe, along with you, Chris, kind of amplify that. I mean, of course, I knew them prior to that. But then I remember taking a, a class at good old CSN. It was a history of the Beatles. And just from there, I just was like hooked. And just knowing of the ins and outs, the Beatles anthology book, which just had them from like the early years, from being kids, starting the band, and then just everything from going forward. And yeah, just since then, I've just been hooked, been a Beatles fan, which has uh, been quite the journey with them. I always remember, I don't even remember what movie we're going to see, or if it was just me and you that were going to the movie, or if we were meeting up with Alex, but we... we uh, got some weed and we loaded a bowl and we smoked it. We were probably like 21 and we smoked it, dude. And we were so ripped. And I remember you were playing the Beatles and uh, what song is it where it, it, it goes out and then comes back and it's all you need is love. And yeah. at the end, and like, I remember it tripped us out. It tripped me out so bad. And you're like, dude, I thought, didn't you like start singing a different song or something happened, dude? I can't remember fully now, but. Um, yeah, yeah, that always think of that. We were actually on the way to go see Notorious B.I.G. for your <laughs> it was on your birthday, and yeah. at the end it kind of trails off. All you need is love, and they start singing. She loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know why, but it just like trailed off and came back, and I started singing it. And you're like, did the song change? I'm like, no, they just <laughs> started singing that song, like for whatever reason, for all you need is love towards the end. So, dude, yeah, I, I do remember that, actually. I love when bands do that. They they mix in songs here and there. A lot of, a lot of other bands kind of do that that I could think of. Yeah, I mean, the Beatles were, for being, I mean, they were together for a while, but their fame was pretty short-lived, like, as them, as an actual group, you know, the mid-60s, and they broke up in 69, 70, but they were just very experimental with a lot of stuff. Like we talked about, you know, they start off as somewhat of a pop band, you know, and people sort of not really taking their music seriously because they're like, oh, they're just for the girls, for young girls to like them. And then just they evolved so quickly in, in like a span of like five or six years. But I want to ask, how do you feel they changed music and have they made a long lasting impression on pop culture history? Almost every modern artist today has to draw from them in some way. But as far as like affecting pop culture, man, they were a goddamn phenomenon, not only back then when they were making girls, you know, faint and they're just getting off a plane or whatever. But like today, there's Beatles shirts and posters and signs everywhere in, you know, shops that you go to. People around the world know who the Beatles are. You could go to any country probably on planet Earth and someone would be familiar with their music. So they were like, genre shattering basically uh so for that i mean it's crazy they'll be known as long as mankind is around i feel like i feel like definitely along the same lines as chris like especially just being their music already being around by the time we were born but definitely just looking at how they evolved like how you said fig it's pretty wild to see especially with that early on stuff and you can hear it they're a little younger and it is just poppy music and i feel like they drew a lot from people before them uh prior and they always gave props to people as well that came before them. So I feel like they always had respect and even like being from the UK, they were definitely the biggest band to come over to the United States and just hit it big. So seeing that evolution though, it is pretty amazing to see. And definitely pop culture wise, just ever since I was a kid, I've always heard about the Beatles and they've been in movies, television. Yeah. I mean, you can't deny it. They, they were around probably 17 years before we were even born 17 or 18 years i mean that's a fucking long time and we're here we are doing a podcast on them and we were we weren't even around after they broke up in what 1970 and yet they were bigger than ever documentaries are still coming out about them two of them are still up and kicking and killing it and the influence continues well said couldn't say it better myself yeah you guys bring up like really good points and yeah just their their reach is is insane and just the amount of hits that they're writing back to back is like absurd you have a lot of good artists these days and make a lot of great music you know in the past 20 30 years but 
for them to pretty much revolutionize songwriting. It's just crazy how much, like you said, Chris, they're going to stand the test of time. You know, our kids' kids will know about the Beatles and hopefully uh, their legacy continues for many, many years. Yeah, I just um, was curious to see how old they are because I know they had to be getting up there. And Paul is 80. Ringo is 82. For whatever reason, I thought Ringo was a little younger than the rest of the guys. So I found that. uh, I just never knew that. But isn't it pretty crazy how just coherent they still are? And they both still make new music. There's They both still perform live and stay pretty active for their age. Yeah, let's hope I'm coherent at 80. Yeah, I was going to say, there are some people who are not even 80 in their 70s. 70s and not to, you know, shame them, but it's like, oh, they're definitely not as coherent. Or, or can I can imagine them playing, you know, at the, the Grammys or putting on shows now. I mean, Steve and I saw Paul McCartney. Um, it's going on 10 years now, or maybe over 10 years, and he was still jamming. So he had been in like his like mid-70s at that point, but still sharp as a tack, sounded just as good as ever, and was very active. Played for like almost two hours as well, too. Crazy. And his vocals and stuff too are still really strong. You know, it doesn't sound like too off for his age, which is, that's also very impressive. Well, they say this Paul is 82 or this Paul is 80. Ooh, the real Paul died is a theory. <laughs> in a car crash, right? Yeah, you played that one song. song. What song was it where they talk about that? Or or allegedly the, uh, talk Day about in that. the Life, I think. Um, I Is it A Day in the I Life? I heard the I know, news today. Maybe. Oh, I know no. that song kind of like references like... Uh, yeah, like the mother was killed like in a car car crash right? oh okay yeah it was somebody said it and i was like oh man that'd be that's one of those conspiracies that you, you love a good conspiracy and it's just like god damn like if they were like we got to find somebody we got to figure it out or or they cloning was around and it it, it was a thing because they got a fucking amazing replacement that's for sure yeah they said it's supposedly somebody who looked like very similar to him and people tried to note like after the accident that he just seemed a little different like even singing wise and stuff they try to it's like very subtle you know but i personally don't believe it but it was at a time where it was pivotal for them not to lose anybody in the band if they wanted to continue their success so it would be pretty wild i i know it's just a theory but if that was true that's pretty crazy but they said a lot of clues too right like i think in uh abbey road in the album cover he's wearing white i believe it was and that's like you know something about being dead and he's barefoot he's the mm-hmm. only one barefoot uh i think in in um, All You Need Is Love, I think he says something like, yes, he's dead. Yeah. Yeah, doesn't he say like, Paul, Paul is dead or something like that? Like, I think I want to say it's either A Day in a Life, and I should know this, or Strawberry Fields, and it's like them getting towards the end, it's getting kind of uh, sort of like, it's like, I, I killed Paul. Like they no, say I that. buried Paul. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Well, yeah, like you said, Stephen, the um, Abbey Road, like the way they're dressed, and it, you know, people just connecting stuff it's like Ringo looks like he's a priest and John is white so he's like the angel and I guess like back in the day they would bury people without shoes on so they're like oh Paul's not wearing shoes and then George has like a jean jumpsuit on so he's like the grave digger that was like the clues of like oh Paul is really dead and there's a whole like just like story and theories and conspiracies on that which some, some of it you're like damn that that does connect pretty well but it's you know, as far-fetched as it is, you're like, eh. This is the yeah. first time I've heard any of this. <laughs> Go look at the picture. It's wow, funny. really? Harrison's pants yeah. are uh, amazing. Those jean, those jean uh, bell bottoms. I have to do some research. It sounds a little ridiculous. Oh, yeah, man. I dig deep. And then I saw, I just looked it up right now, but the first article I saw says, Paul says that the Beatles planted that he was the death hoax themselves. And I was like, that's exactly what a Paul plant would say. (laughs) (laughs) For real, right? That's a crazy one. But was that after or before that Get Back documentary where they're all just recording Get Back? Would that have happened afterwards? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Because Get Back was the the Let It Be album. So it was like towards the end. And they said he died in like, I don't know, like. So it says uh, 1966. (laughs) It says he would have died on uh, November 9th, 1966 and secretly replaced by a lookalike. It 
says the rumor began circulating around 1967, but grew in popularity after being reported on American college campuses in late 1969. Dude, yeah, it's pretty wild. Conspiracy theories were, I mean, they've been around, I'm sure, for a long time. But could you imagine in those days, people were like, Paul McCartney, he, he's actually dead. And people just getting stoned. They're just like, oh, dude, he's totally dead, man. He's totally dead. They replaced him. The government's not telling you the whole story. Yeah, man. And Marilyn Manson, he's the kid. He's Paul from uh, The Wonder Years. <laughs> Right. First time hearing that one too, Chris. Uh, yeah, man. That one sounds believable though. I'm I'm on board. I, I used to believe that Marilyn as a Manson kid. Took his ribs out so he could suck his own wiener. I thought, that's <laughs> yeah. I thought about saying that one at first, but uh, that that one, a more it, PG route. That one's for okay. sure true, dude. For sure. <laughs> All right. So guys, uh, I know we were kind of talking about this before the pod. Uh, narrowing down a favorite Beatles song is so hard to do, especially because how we were saying uh, you're introduced to them with some of their early stuff a lot of the times as a kid and then you get into some of their more mature stuff as you get older yourself and find drugs apparently amongst this group and i'm just playing <laughs> but for myself i'll have to say after thinking about it for a long time i really have always enjoyed the song don't let me down it's one of my favorite beatles songs and i guess i would have to narrow on today this day right now that's my number one that i'll throw out there good good song do you yeah, it's a solid song, man. I mean, it's uh, John Lennon. Again, just I think this was on the top of uh, the Apple Records uh, when he's singing this, and he's in this big fur coat and just belting. Dude. You know, don't it, let me down. And it just gives you like watching that footage too. Always just gives you like for the, for the state of the band and how they were at that time. It was like it was the last time that they truly just seemed like they were just jamming and like feeding off each other's energy and truly having being the Beatles in themselves you know and it was the last time man so it's just like another reason it just gives like all those emotions and stuff to you dude honestly that was probably gonna be my first choice uh something very similar to that one i'm going to, going to go with uh, i've got a feeling uh very cool as well just another i mean just picks up and just move like a song that you just want to like uh rock to yourself you know and if you know the history behind it and like all the lyrics that came about and how it how it came about uh just a super cool song i think you should sing just a little bit for those listeners who don't know <laughs> how it goes. I've got a feeling that tonight's gonna <laughs> <laughs> That's a good cover, right? What a twist. What a twist. I don't know why too many good songs to choose, but one that just radiated out to me was during like their for sure one of their one of their best psychedelic songs because that song just not even fast, super just down, 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 like really slow, but the harmony in that and everything they say is just like you can imagine they were probably potentially on acid or this was based off of doing that or a psychedelic and it hits all the marks. I think it's a great song because the song because because yeah oh, okay okay yeah on Abbey Road I believe oh yeah 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 that song is very trippy and dreamlike and it, and across the universe like when they're playing that song and they're all just in the field I'm like this is exactly how I feel when I listen to this song you know they of course look like they're on drugs you know but yeah just it was that era of them being psychedelic and ex experimental and very different it's a crazy how different that song is from each of these songs you guys had mentioned too you know even if they're from the same albums that's just how like their range yeah. is like it could just be so like a different tone and john has a different way of doing things mm -hmm. paul's a different way of doing things and yeah dude solid uh solid pick so far do you know who wrote that song that one definitely seems like a john lennon song yeah. I, I don't know off the top of my head but paul was more of the the ballad kind of guy no nah, for sure i could see that yeah it's just like you said so different the the ones you guys mentioned great but that one just hit me uh for me i mean i love all your guys too come come together is mine man i had to think for a long time like i was saying before the pod started it really depends on like my mood what my favorite beatles song is that day but come together is always a classic jam dude i get down to it every time it comes on do that uh funky bass line dun, 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 dun. i do love me some funky bass have Great you guys song. ever heard the uh michael jackson cover of come together it's very I interesting have. i don't like it as much as the original but if you haven't ever listened to it, it's worth a listen. No, dude. 
all solid songs. Like we said, there's just so many to choose from. But for me, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds is just so unique and so iconic. And just John Lennon being, he was a weirdo, man. He was a weirdo. Like, like I mentioned, Paul and George were more of like classically, not classical, but like they were just more of like, like the ballads and, you know, kind of more straightforward songs. And John Lennon, dude, just Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds is just so unique. And I guess it's psychedelic, experimental and just the, the lyrics are so fucking insane like they had to have been on drugs or he had to have been on drugs writing that song and that one just always sticks out to me and just so damn good every time i listen to it john lennon was the bad boy baby no but he also i mean it's pretty apparent for anybody who isn't aware of it but it's also an acronym for lsd which was never what? officially confirmed yeah but also another fact out there for you listeners my dog is named after Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. That's her full name. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Burr. <laughs> but you didn't pick it as your favorite song. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> not today it wasn't my favorite. Not today it wasn't my favorite. Honorable mention for me for some reason was uh, Happiness is a Warm Gun. I've always really enjoyed that song. Dude. Ele- Eleanor Rigby is my honorable mention. Oh. There's so many great songs. It's, it's <laughs> just truly hard to narrow it down. The Long and Winding Road. I feel like that's such a beautiful song. It is. Um, it's so nice. Something by George Harrison, honorable mention for me. That was a close one. But uh, so talking about all these songs, would you guys say you have a favorite era for the Beatles? Like we mentioned from just five years prior, like their songs are so different than being in their jumpsuits, them going to India, then singing on the top of the rooftop. Like I mentioned, would you guys say you had a favorite era for the Beatles? Uh, I mean, I've alluded to it heavily in this pod, but definitely their psychedelic drug fueled era is my favorite because that's kind of the route that I discovered them through and yeah just connect with it on a really cool level so that's I love all their music but that's definitely my favorite era I definitely am biased based off watching that documentary get back that was on Disney uh, plus Disney plus thank you but just watching that could be so boring for some people but it was literally just them sitting in a room figuring out what the fuck they're gonna do and making that album and seeing them just vibe like you said that they could do 15 songs in one day like they pretty much were doing like those songs like dave you said what was your favorite song uh fuck do you remember (laughs) what was it (laughs) don't let me down don't let me down don't let me down don't let me down that they were sitting there and like it was such a very rough don't let me down and they were trying to figure out what to do and how to play and it's like you wanted to like scream at them like i know the song like they're like trying to figure it out but i guess i would say that era where they're just they've been doing their thing and they're just chilling coming up with these songs that are so iconic that you look back and you're like dude it's like nothing like i mean mine and stuff like that it was just like nothing dude it's and and even like how you're saying fig um just when they were like putting that time and that work in and just grinding in germany you know and it probably felt like at the time like fuck like is this ever gonna pay off like i do love doing this but you know something's got to give i'm sure you know they almost reached their breaking point and then to go on to reach massive success I always really enjoyed like the wholesomeness of the early era of the Beatles and just like Beatlemania. And when you break it down into portions, definitely the psychedelic phase. I was swinging. I was going to go that route with Chris, but I have to agree with Alex. I do enjoy like the very end of the Beatles when they've just matured and they've been through all of that, all of that progression and they've aged, they've matured and they've gotten to the place now where they work, they can work beautifully together, but they've almost just, they've just ran their course you know? And I feel like if they would have continued, I don't know if they could have continued, you know? I think it was like the perfect time for them that they had to go their separate ways. Yeah, my favorite uh, my favorite always used to be kind of like the rubber soul, kind of like the folky type style. Uh, but actually now mine is also like the let it be, kind of the end of their time together. They're kind of jaded, but they, because of that, they kind of just want to do their own thing, right? So George finally gets to do his thing. Um, just to come up with these songs, they just let them run with it. They all have their input as much as they could in the end and just that album particularly uh you still get a little bit of the folk stuff you know like one out to 909 and uh, just uh the two of us and dig a pony and that stuff but you also have like i mean mine and uh, uh i've got a feeling and so kind of like the best of what they could offer at that time oh for sure right let it be right yeah the let it be days for myself i want to say i'm, I'm kind of right back in the middle uh kind of similar to what you said steve more of like the da- 
days of when they were, you know, traveling to India or just being influenced by like, like the Eastern philosophy and, you know, especially George being more into that, bringing in like the sitar and a lot of their music sounding kind of from, from that part of the world, you know, kind of like the revolver days where, you know, they were somewhat getting into the psychedelics, still kind of being, still kind of playing the music from like the early days. So it was like a little mixture of both, but I mean, all eras of the Beatles are great, but that one always stood out to me. And I think Revolver is probably my favorite album of, of them all. And they just started experimenting. And that's that era when that started. Yeah. So many great eras of the Beatles. You guys brought up a lot of great points, but I'd be curious to see what they would be doing if they all were still alive. I mean, unfortunately, John Lennon died in 1980. Of course, they were broken up by then. You know, George Harrison in the, the mid-90s. But I'd be curious to see if the Beatles were still would still be rocking with each other. I mean, you see bands like the Rolling Stones and the Who and Aerosmith and, you know, just bands from that era still doing these tours. And like we mentioned, Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr still sounding so awesome. So do you guys think that if they all were still alive, there would be some type of like reunion tour or just like a meetup or maybe even new music from them? Definitely the fact that Paul McCartney and John Lennon allegedly hated each other and that breakup was so weird and that they just seemed, or at least the media made it seem like that. I wonder if they would have done a reunion tour, but if Yoko was kind of shit, shit, shit taken out of the situation, maybe I could see them coming back and rocking some shit and doing a new album or realizing, Hey, what are we doing? Why are we, why are we fighting and come back and do a fucking world tour like dude can you imagine or maybe they wouldn't be as iconic as they were now if they were all still around doing their thing maybe that that's kind of what kept their legacy going was how short-lived it was I think uh, John kind of would naturally, as he already did, kind of naturally evolved away from the music. I think he would just spend most of his time either engaged in like political stuff or uh, you know just a private life for himself. No, I, I agree with you for sure. I almost feel like they they reached the point creatively where they had to go and do their separate things, especially like you were saying, Alec, Paul and uh, John, they just they weren't going to be able to work together anymore. And uh, every member of the band went on to, you know, relative success, successful solo careers, you know, some more than others. But I, I would like to think if John wouldn't have died so soon, I think that after a few years off, they would have slowly probably gotten together and at the very least like jammed with each other. And then maybe that could have led to like some new music, man. And through the different decades while like music was changing in the 80s and stuff, I wonder if the Beatles would have gotten back together and done their thing if it would have there would have been a little bit of a different sound, you know, that they would have still kept evolving and pushing themselves. So it is kind of sad that we were robbed of that. But I would like to think they would have got back together. And I would have liked to think also, maybe not a reunion tour, but they would definitely maybe do at least like a benefit show or something, you know? Yeah, they could have been like the Stones and still doing their thing. I was going to say, I, I kind of agree with all of you guys. Like I... I think like, yeah, John was moving away from it. And how you said earlier, Fig, they evolved through style so quickly that they had done so much. It's kind of like, where do we go from here? And then also, like Alex said, I don't think with Yoko in the picture, maybe if she evolved into a different type of person or was out of the picture, maybe John would come around and want to do it again. But I think with them together, he would have just moved yeah, further and further away from it with her into doing other shit. But I would, I mean, it'd be cool to see him get back together. I would have loved to see it. Dude, yeah. Could you imagine like being like, guys, I, I got tickets for the the Beatles reunion tour, like you said, Dave, a benefit kind of a charity sort of thing, which the, a lot of them do. Like I know George Harrison, you know, when he was still alive, was jamming out with like Tom Petty and Bob Dylan doing those type of things. I could totally see John Lennon's kind of stepping out from you know, whatever he was doing, like Steve, you were mentioning dude. being political, his his art, being a dad, dude. There was a point where he was like, I just want to be a dad, you know, at this point. But there is some benefit now that you say that, Fig, that's pretty awesome. Where I think Prince is there and like Eric Clapton and Tom Petty, I believe as well with like George Harrison. I think George was there. He was still alive. Or maybe it was a benefit for him after it, he passed away. It was. Yeah, that was a yeah, that was a concert for George. And it had like Danny Harrison for that, and they just all killed it. But Prince took took that show and just Dude. <laughs> ran off with it. Dude, yeah, yeah. That was dope. 
But I ultimately think, I mean, like any close friends, especially people who are talented, you know, they, you know, Paul and we even saw in the get back, George kind of feeling like, man, I'm not being heard or or I'm not showcasing the best I can do. And I know a lot of people always say, I mean, I think Yoko was part of it. But as we can see from the get back series, there was a lot of tension towards those those end days. But ultimately, I feel like they would have came back together. I mean, Paul even wrote a really just beautiful song for John. I mean, of course, it was after he had passed, which he did play, you know, when we saw him. And dude, people around us were like, there were like older ladies there and just bawling their eyes out. And it was such a beautiful song. But I ultimately think they would have eventually got back and just even if it's just for like one moment, you know, of a award show or, you know, like you said, Dave, a, a benefit show or just something. Could you imagine if they got back on the building of Apple Records and fucking did their thing? That shit would blow up the fucking world, dude. It would have been so awesome and something I wish we could have seen in our lifetime. Dude, I can't imagine when we did the, the quick dig on our top festival. Wasn't the Beatles definitely a headliner? I mean, with today's technology, they're doing holo- holograms more and more. If they did like a world tour hologram, it's like the world's world's first holofest, you know, it's like a Coachella, but all hologram acts. Right. I mean, if if Tupac can do it, that'd be pretty trippy. If they really like put like a shitload of money into it and had the top technology and it was just like mind blowing, dude, that would almost be a cool experience if everybody signed off on it, like estates wise and stuff. And it was good to go. I bet they wouldn't. I bet like Paul would just be like, fuck that. (laughs) Yeah. They have to wait for the, for the, I'm not standing next to a hologram, John (laughs) Lennon. He's just like trying to fight John on stage. The hologram. Good shit. Just speaking about, I mean, like holograms and stuff. And I know we kind of talked about the Beatles earlier works and how they evolved over time. Something that I really enjoyed, and I know you guys did too, and it was so much fun, was the Beatles rock band game, dude. And that was so cool because it took you on that journey from them being in Germany, I believe is where you started, like in the bar where they were playing and then through all their iconic uh, moments throughout their career. And that was like almost reintroducing a new generation to the Beatles. And it came out like almost at the same time as Across the Universe as well. So it's like a really cool time and re-emergence of their music and also just the history. But that game was so much fun, man. Brings back a lot of memories for sure. Um, But yeah, Rock Band was amazing. Just so much fun. And I liked how they made instruments to look like the Beatles instruments. So you had, you know, Paul's bass, you had John's guitar, George's guitar. Obviously the drums didn't look like drums, but yeah, just a huge catalog of songs you can play. And like you said, going on that journey with them, playing these songs was so much fun. I remember playing by myself on the drums, twist and shout, and I could not beat the level man because there was like some drum pattern in the middle that was so hard and I'd be slowly dying and the screen would be flashing red. And I think I just barely survived. And I was like, all right, so like, it's good enough. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the crowd was booing towards the end. <laughs> Dude, the any, hard. any form of rock band, man, you play in after a few drinks and you get into that rhythm and you're doing really good on a song. It's like a small taste of what being a rock star would be like, man. You're just like, fuck yeah, dude, I'm killing this right now. It's oh, it's yeah. so much fun because it's like a it's like a step up of karaoke because more people get involved and you all get to yeah like feel kind of like a rock star. We're the, we're the Beatles, guys. Look at us. Do the the transition of going from like on guitar or, or any of it from like medium to hard and hitting like those notes or doing a I guess you'd call it like a like a riff or a a, a really hard pattern and you fucking nail it. You're like oh fuck, dude. You're like you're just into it and you're like damn, this is fucking badass. Like I couldn't imagine being any type of musician or rock star playing in front of thousands of people and hitting those fucking crazy notes and just that feeling you would get. And yeah, Beatles Rock Band gave you that. Still got it. Still got it. Uh, Oh, we're coming over, Steve. (laughs) Do you you still have the instruments, dude? I do, yeah. Oh, we're coming over, man. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Dude, next time in town, man, we all got to get together, play some Beatles rock band. That should be dope. <laughs> I call them oh, drums. Yeah. There was always the one friend in the group, too, where you'd be playing the song and then they'd start failing. And you're like, come on, man, please don't fail. You're going to make us like, lose. You got this. 
Yeah. Yeah. I know we talked about Across the Universe earlier, and I remember wanting to see that movie so bad, but it was, I guess, considered somewhat of an indie film back in those days. And shout out to uh, Uncle Bobby B, because me, him, and another friend drove to California just to see that movie. We did a turnaround trip. We, we all wanted to see it. We're like, damn, it's not playing anywhere in Vegas. Spurred the moment, jumped in his car, fucking drove to California and saw the movie and then drove home. And like the entire time we were just talking about that movie. And even that went through kind of like the journey of the Beatles from like the beginning, all the songs and how they cover them. And I just thought that movie was just so just fantastic, artistic, and it had Beatles music. So what else more can you love? That ride home would have really sucked if that movie was terrible, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, man. Like I said earlier, that movie was my real like introduction to the Beatles as a whole and what got me into it. So I'll always love it, man. I give it a, a huge rating recommended to anyone who's a Beatles fan that hasn't seen it. Like you said, it was follows like their story. But the fact that they were able to make like the movie its own cohesive, like really good story using their songs is like describing the events that's happening. It was fucking not like anything I'd seen before. And I really loved it. That too. And also like the new versions, almost covers of the, the songs that we all love. Like um, Let It Be, man, is such, is so emotional in that movie. And even like uh, A Little Help for My Friends, such an awesome scene. Every song is so good in this, in the film, dude. And it's, yeah, it's totally, I'm sure it was worth that drive to LA. I remember I wasn't, I was living in Russia when it came out. And so when I did come back, you guys had hyped it up. And I remember Fig, you guys telling me that story as well. So I was like, all right, I got to watch this movie. And as soon as I watched it, I was hooked just like you guys visually, the music, everything about it. It's just a really good movie. Another movie that I have to throw out, if you guys were done talking about that one, but the newest one that came out called Yesterday, I believe, and about that guy who was a musician trying to make it big, gets hit by a bus, wakes up, thinks everything's cool, but he some, somehow knocked into a dimension or world where the Beatles didn't exist. And other little tidbits here and there, and they give him a guitar and he plays uh Yesterday, I think. Yesterday. Yeah, I think he, he plays, plays yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. And they're all like, oh my God, that was beautiful. Like they had no idea and he's just tripping. <laughs> but such a good twist on a Beatles, a Beatles fan of, of, of all their music. But then in this creative world where he basically was like, well, I'm going to play and learn all these Beatles songs and become a famous musician off of all their shit. And it's a great movie. I don't know if everybody's seen it, but well worth the watch. Dude, yeah, I did see it. And I love that scene. He's like, she's like, well, well, what is that? Did you just write that? He's like, that's yeah. fucking yesterday it's by like, Paul McCartney. Like, are you kidding me? Their faces, like, she looks like she's like, they all look like oh, mind blown, yeah. but their eyes oh, are like crying, welling up yeah. with tears too. And they're like, what is that? She's like, that's not like the other stuff you write. And he's like, all right, yeah, you're messing with me. And they're like, it's, it's the Beatles. And she, they're like, who? And he's like, Paul, Ringo, John, George. <laughs> they're like, And then he's like, help, come on, help me out. And his friend's like, oh, you know, these musicians, they know these obscure bands like the so-and-sos. And in this case, the Beatles that nobody's ever heard of before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another part that really stood out to me and Dave, you had brought this song up, uh, A Long and Winding Road. He's like getting famous at this point and he meets Ed Sheeran and they have kind of like a battle off and Ed Sheeran, you know, is playing, you know, this one of his songs and people are like, oh, like this is so great. And he's like, oh, fuck, like that was a good one. He's like, what do I play? And he plays, you know, Long and Winding Road and everyone's like cheering and like Ed Sheeran's just like, damn, he was like, you, I don't even there's not even a contest right now. You you won, like playing that song. And <laughs> that's when he starts realizing like, fuck, the world needs the Beatles because of that reaction. And I just thought that was such a unique scene. Dude, that scene is awesome as well because the stakes were they got like five minutes to write a song and it had to be original and they had to come up with it on the spot. And so Ed Sheeran, his song sounds like a good, like Ed Sheeran song, you know? And you're like, okay, let's see what he throws out. And yeah, he throws Long and Winding Road out and everybody's just flabbergasted. And Ed Sheeran's just like, if anybody wants to shag him now, you might as well do it before he gets way too <laughs> famous. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's all a good movie, man. Really like it. Cool concept, like you said, and just overall a, a unique way of putting the Beatles into a movie without putting them actually in the movie. I love that Coke didn't exist, Coca-Cola. 
And I think he was on the plane. She was like, can I get you something to drink? He's like, I'll some Coke, please. And they're like, just tripping because they're just thinking the drug only. And a few other things like cigarettes, I don't think. Cigarettes don't exist. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it was a trip. I have a bigger recommendation. Uh, some of you guys are, oh, you guys are all familiar with it. I'm pretty sure we've all seen it, but one of the biggest like icons of Las Vegas, one of the biggest staples, uh, and it might be going away here soon, so see why you can, but the uh, Cirque du Soleil show, uh, Love at the Mirage. Oh. Definitely my favorite. It's quite different from the other Cirque du Soleil shows. Uh, this show is amazing. Dude, that, yeah, in awe. I've seen it, seen it twice, and every time you see it, there's just so much going on. And like, I feel like you have to see it multiple times to kind of look in one corner and something's going on. Look up, you know, look at the top and there's acrobats, look to the right. And yeah, I, I feel like you could see that show 10 times and still not get the full experience because there's just so much awesomeness going on. Yeah, I've seen it seven times and uh, actually they keep changing the show. So this is like a newer edition now. Uh, there's another one for pretty much each big anniversary. They change it so often. But uh, yeah, it's really, really good. But it might be going away because the Mirage is going away. Uh, they better move it, dude. But I only saw it one time. But like you guys said, how it's a circular theater. So everybody's sitting around and you, you're you right. You are just having to look around. And that was one of those shows where you I, I, I verbally reacted like, oh, my gosh, like and I was completely sober. But whatever happened, it was just like, oh, wow, dude, I have unfortunately not seen it yet. So I will go see it, though. I wanted to when it was brand new, and then I just never got around to seeing it, man. And more time went on, and I just said, forget about it, I guess. I don't so know. Good. It's been a long time since I've seen it, so I've named, I need to go again before it leaves. But yeah, man, it's a mind-blowing show. went with a couple of friends, and especially if you love Beatles music. I mean, if you don't love Beatles music, it's just amazing acrobatics and choreography. But if you love the music, too, and the things they do to it, it's just a mind-blowing show. One of the best Cirque shows, for sure. Yeah, man. Hands down. There's one cool part. It was, uh, it was, I'm trying to, it might've been because, and just very kind of, uh, like we had mentioned psychedelic song and there's like a kind of, I don't know what you would call it. Like a big ass, like blanket curtain kind of reminded me when you're little, you did the parachute game, but it was like a sheet that went up and there was just like craziness underneath the sheet. And then above it, you know, the acrobats doing their thing. And I maybe had a few beers, but I just remember being like right in the middle center, being like, holy shit, this is so fucking cool. Like just the way they performed it and just how that song kind of went entwined with that scene. Those sheets too, those like long things, people like wrap up in those, right? And like do their thing. And yeah. I remember I've seen other Cirque shows, but I haven't, I've just never seen Beatles Love though. All around good Beatles talk, my friends. Thank you for going on that journey with me. But let's uh, let's roll into some games. AB has a uh, two second tunes for us, so let's roll into that. Two second tunes. You only got a little bit of time, baby. Go two second tunes. You only got one, two. Hell yes, sir. Couldn't have done a Beatles pod without adding some music to the mix. Yeah, we're going to do 10 second tunes because two seconds just isn't enough for the Beatles. You got to give them a little more. But you guys know the Beatles, right? Well, I was going to do covers, obscure Beatles cover songs, because we did bring Ooh. up through a lot of the pod great cover songs and great versions and how just how influential this band has been. And I mean, if I if I wanted to do a cover song, I would definitely do a cover song for the Beatles and we're going to test your knowledge and see if you know the Beatles songs. Ooh, so, all right, man. What no a twist. <laughs> in no particular order, I'm going to ask everybody to see who goes first. How many years were the Beatles together by way of Google search? My Google search. You can't search it. Anybody? I'm going to say 14 years. I was going to guess 15 years off the top of my head. 19. Steve, 19 Ooh, years. I feel like Steve knows. So I'm going to go 18 years. 18 years. Okay. Do you, you all were way off. The Beatles were only around for eight years together for eight years. So Did I say 18? I meant eight. Man. <laughs> so I could be wrong on that, but it says they were together from 1962 when Ringo joined to early 1970 when Get Back was released. Oh, I was going when they were like the Silver Beatles 
and prior to that but you're probably right man you're probably really? right oh okay i mean maybe so the closest person still would have been you mr figueroa and then dave then christmas cookie and then steve so we will go in that order so could be an easy one for you could be a hard one we're going to test your knowledge just in case if you can't think of it i will play the original but we'll see as long as paul and ringo are alive the beatles are still together man okay well, here we go. Mr. Figaro, you're up first. Oh, let's do it. The wedding has been living a dream. Always at the window. That is Eleanor Rigby. Very is good. what the song they're covering. And I don't I, are we guessing who who's the cover band? Hey, or who's the band covering the song? That will give you mucho points, my dude. So if you can. Is it the Sex Pistols? The Sex Pistols, no. Oh. Is it the Dropkick Murphys? <laughs> nice, nice driving, no. Or is it Social Distortion? Mm. Oh, okay, that's all, all, that's right. all the guesses good, I good have. It um, sounded like the band that sings, I'm shipping off to Boston. <laughs> <laughs> it is Eddie Ojeda. So oh, he, oh, okay, so no, no one we ever heard of. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. He could have been in a band. <laughs> um Hey, you didn't know that? D. Snyder. <laughs> says D. Snyder, too. I don't know. But yeah. Yes. Well, I got the, song. got the song. Hey, got the song. Nice. Um, I wanted to pick one challenging, more challenging for you, but you got the first answer correct. So good job on that. One point for Chris on the board. All right, David, Mr. DB, we're coming in hot with you. Let's do it. Uh, nowhere man Ooh, very good very good yes it is was that man. tiny tim <laughs> yeah it sounds and like it. also very good my friend it was tiny tim oh, okay. nowhere man dave's favorite yes. <laughs> tiny tim what a weird dude and that was actually performed with george harrison I know throwback to um, the documentary. If you haven't seen it, it is very interesting if you don't have anything else to watch. It's a good story. It's kind of sad, too. Right. He's a real nowhere man. Just wanted to play that. That sounded right. pretty cool. It did, yeah, the remastered versions. I have them all just in case. So, all right, nicely done. Dave got, we'll say Dave got two for that one. So, solid. All right, Mr. Chris, Miss Cookie, the other Chris, you're next. Terrible song names in general, but let's do it. Here we go. Picture yourself in a boat on a river with tangerine trees and all right. This is Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, but I uh no fucking clue who's singing it, dude. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. I think I know who it is. Can I guess? I think that's good old Bill Shatner, isn't it? That is William Shatner. William Shatner. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Damn, dude. dude. If you gave me a lifetime of guesses, I would not have said uh -huh. William Shatner. Never. <laughs> I, I only know that because I've heard a version of Rocket Man mm -hmm. that he did. And he that's what he does. He kind of like it. talks. Yeah. He doesn't sing. It's weird. Pretty much the same song besides, yeah, his voice doing that, like the intro and all that. That was made in 1967. That was a while ago. Also another weird dude. It's like ripping off classic songs, but not singing. <laughs> People yeah. are still buying. I'm Rocket sure it was like man. selling too. <laughs> All right. Solid, solid. Now, last but not least, I got one more for each of you, but Mr. Steven, here we go. Tell you that me every single day of mm, that fucking song. That's uh, Earth, Wind & Fire. Correct. Woo. And that is what is the name what is the name mm -hmm. tricky i can't i can't recall the name fuck anybody want to tag in it is oh it's i gotta get you into my life um that is correct that's that's the actual song title that is the song title got oh, to okay, get okay, you okay. into my life Woo. yeah very good I honestly did not recognize that one. I was alone. I took a ride. I didn't yeah, know yeah. what I would find. There. Nice, dude. Earth, Wind, and Fire. That I, I didn't know they covered that song. You're definitely gonna have to throw it down on the playlist. Oh man, I feel like a 
I want to say a bad fan, but I love that song. And when I listened to the Earth, Wind, and Fire version, I saw that as an original version that they did. But all right, fantastic. We're jumping back to Mr. Figaro. Let's do it. All right. This is round two for you. Because the wind is high, it blows my mind. What could it be? Well, I'm going to guess because, and I have no idea who sings it, fucking Pee Wee Herman. Uh, that sounded like, like some a Halloween, sounded like some Halloween like music or something. Yeah, yeah, I think it, it was, was the Crypt Keeper, dude, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> yeah. Because is the correct answer. Um, it was actually a duo here. It was a band and a singer from another band. I'll just say it because I don't think you guys get it. It was Alice Cooper and the Bee Gees. What? Wow. Uh, Alice Cooper. What a weird and, collab. And supposedly they wanted to work with the producer who produced an album for the Beatles. And they wanted to work with him. So I think they also wanted to make a uh, Beatles song. George Martin was a Beatles producer who they made that album with. Random and not that challenging at all, I know, but I thought it sounded cool. Dude, that is cool. So, All right, easy ones all around. Coming in next, Mr. DB. Here we go. Every night, the tears come down from my eyes. It won't be long. Yeah, 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 yeah. It won't be long, though. That is correct. It won't be long, dude. Uh, the Beatles. I don't. Is that is that ABBA? No, it is. <laughs> really, dude, the thing guess. is, it was uh, some obscure bands here. So if you guys get that right, no, no okay. challenge. I wasn't even going to do it. It's the band yeah. called. I was the just going to the Quick. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't have known yeah. that. The sounded cool. Yeah, it was a, a nice little jam to it. I thought it was it was cool, but it was it won't be long. Okay, we're gonna close that one out. We're jumping to the other Chris. Let's do it. Oh man, fuck. That was fucking cool, dude. (laughs) Very interesting. Yeah, I liked this one. Was that paperback writer? No. Fuck. Uh, I don't know, man. We're gonna Did, give it to Steve. You were popped your hand. Yeah, I need a. Uh, I need to redeem myself. Day tripper. Day tripper. Ah, yeah. Day tripper was that is correct? Yeah. Was it David bow, Bowie? Not David Bowie, but there's a guy in there that looks like David Bowie. That'd be funny. It is a band <laughs> called Yellow Magic Orchestra. Ooh. Okay, that sounded pretty cool, man. I kind of liked it. Yeah, this album came out in 1979, Yellow Magic Orchestra. And pretty cool, yeah. Definitely very trippy and weird, but had that vibe. Jumping to, last but not least, for the last time, Mr. Steve. Here we go. Uh, here comes the sun. Oh, yes. But <laughs> I have Nirvana. Is, yeah. it, uh, is it Oasis? Oh, no. Nice oh. try. I, I did find some pretty unknown bands, at least for us. Okay. Yeah. This was a band called Ghost. Mm-hmm. And I think they're a pretty crazy band because I was looking up some hardcore stuff. And this is hardly hardcore, but way different than the version of course that let's see wait where is it here comes the sun it's like very happy like this band took it and made it dark as weird as that is yeah it sounds heavy almost you know Mm -hmm. but holy shit you guys smashed it and that wasn't as hard as i thought it would be smashing baby so congratulations On another edition of that type of thing is my bag, baby. That's it. That's two second tunes, 15, 10 to 15 second tunes. Good job, everybody. <laughs> nice, man. Good idea. Definitely dug it. But you know, we're all Beatle fanatics, so we just crushed it. Y'all did good. It was fun, man. Those were uh, a lot of cool sounding covers, too. 
All right. You dudes ready for a one has to go? Hell yeah, brothers. Hell yeah. What you gonna pick? Don't pick no stupid shit. Because one has to go. Alrighty, fellas, for this first topic for One Has to Go, I thought we would do a group one, obviously Beatles theme. So if one has to go based on these albums, I'm thinking Abbey Road, Let It Be, or Revolver. One has to go and why. For me, I'm just going to jump in there then and say I have to let Revolver go, mainly because I maybe not am too familiar with that one. My favorite song was from Abbey Road and Let It Be. Just recently watched that documentary, which kind of just solidified it a little more for me. So my choice is just based off of knowing those other two more. Gotta let Revolver go. Ooh, along the lines of what Fig was saying earlier, I think Revolver might be my favorite album. And some of my other favorite songs are on Abbey Road. So I'm gonna have to let, let it be go. But I don't know, you know, it's still a 10 out of 10 album. Don't get me wrong. But in this context, uh, see you later. Ooh. Got some variation there. Damn, this one is hard. Obviously, we don't want to see any Beatles albums go, but I think I might have to go Abbey Road myself because as Chris mentioned, Revolver is my favorite album. And Let It Be is just, it's Let It Be, man. So fucking good, dude. So good. So yeah, Abbey Road, I'm sorry to see you go, but you out of here. Uh, Maybe just comparing, like personally, my favorite songs from the albums. I do really like For No One and Your Bird Can Sing, but I think the other two kind of edge it out. So I'm going to have to go with Revolver. But maybe the best album art. It is cool album art. I was yeah. looking it up right now. Yeah, no doubt. For me, I might have to go with Revolver, Revolver as well. I just think the other two albums just have so many great songs on them. Man. Revolver does too, obviously, but I can't. I can't get rid of Let It Be or Abbey Road over Revolver. Alrighty. As sad as it is, Revolver, you are off the island. The other two just packed, uh, I guess, more of an iconic punch. But I do have a maybe one that's going to be a little bit closer to home. But if we had to vote off our favorite songs, we mentioned them earlier, and maybe we'll go around again just to refresh the listener's memory. We have to vote off one of our favorite songs or our favorite songs. We'll vote one of those off. So Dave, if you want to kick it off with what was your favorite Beatles song? I selected Don't Let Me Down. Good choice. I did uh, I've Got a Feeling. Beautiful. I picked Because. Mine was Come Together. And I had Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. We don't want to do it, but we have to do it. One has to go. Damn, this one's really hard, man. And Alex, you said because? Fuck. I'm going to go with... I'm going to... I have to go with I've Got a Feeling. I don't want to, but I have to go with I've Got a Feeling. Crazy. (laughs) (laughs) It is. That's crazy. Mm, Damn. Uh, I might have to pull an Al and vote Come Together off, man. I... (laughs) <laughs> your guys' songs are all so good. They're, Beatles songs are so hard to choose between. And then after hearing your guys' choices, I'm kind of like, fuck, man, coming together is great. But is it that great? I don't know. I'm pulling it out. I'm voting on myself. It is. Respect, bro. It is that respect. It is that great. <laughs> I think it's that great. And don't forget, you got like Billy Preston on the keys, man. A very uh, undervalued, uh, undernoted Billy Preston. Pickle in the ivories. No, good shout out to pulling an owl. Because I sometimes do that because I I just so nice. I don't want to knock anybody out. But based off of familiarity of these songs, they all bang. But Steve, I'm sorry. Yours would unfortunately be fifth in the list. From your favorite album? (laughs) I know. Exactly. Right. That's when you said let it be. Do you know know the song? No, I was actually going to play it. So you're going to bang. You're going to bang because over I've got a feeling from the rooftop concert. (laughs) You make a good point, man. But I have to stand up. I just crazy. Sorry. Sorry. So hard I thought you were gonna go. I thought I, I thought I was gonna go. You actually Dude, make just, a good point, man. So I'm going to vote myself. I off. could have pulled an owl and voted myself off. I was gonna actually do that, but with Chris kind of bringing that up, I was like, you know, I can't do that all the time, man. Uh, well, I'll do it for you. I'll vote off because. <laughs> there we go. You gotta, gotta go, you gotta go with your heart. If you do that, Tal, you gotta vote for yours. <laughs> I mean, oh uh, man. I mean, they're all great. There's no bad Beatles song. 
because I, you know, what we talked about earlier, very psychedelic and just instrumental, but I think compared to the rest, I feel like it'd probably be, you know, the one that I would listen to maybe the least. I mean, Chris, you said is come together that great. It is my friend. It is that great. I mean, it, it's a 10 out of 10. They're all 10 out of 10 songs. That's what I mean. Like, is it, is it greater sure, than other greats? Right. Here, but, uh, I remember part, hearing yeah. that for the first time. That's like one of the Beatles songs. All of them are kind of like that, but come together for the first time hearing that, you're like, what the fuck is this? I you know. know. Listening Dude. to Because. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. But uh, it seems like I've got a feeling. I didn't vote. Mine is oh, definitely. Oh. Mine, mine is definitely Because. I'm, I mean, uh, harmonies are amazing on that, but uh, I'm not going to like blast that in a car or, you know what I mean? And just the other ones I'm rocking out to. Yeah. Oh, no, because they're not. Pretty, you know what I'm saying? It's pretty dark. They're not playing. Be, <laughs> you know, they're not playing because in the club when I'm out with my boys. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? So, so uh, we have a tie, and I think it's Mr. Christmas Cookie. Is Ooh. it because? Or I've got a feeling which one's going? Because I'm sorry. Alex. Yes. I'm yes. sorry, bud. <laughs> oh man. Came down to the wire with this one. You I serious? like it. Come on now. Steve's selling it very hard right now. You, oh, you're, you're, you're on mute. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the energy is there for all of the songs. And because it's not like an energy builder, it's like an energy, like, whoa. I just can't vote mine off. Come on, guys. Well, who am I? Al? <laughs> <laughs> A lot of ours are just like true rock songs, you know, but uh, because I don't know, it's just kind of, yeah, just experimental. Yeah. I do I like it a lot, though. All good, but you know, one has to go. Alrighty, so I guess because is off the island. But on that note, a damn good pod. Thank you, fellas, for joining me on this Beatles journey. But until next time, later days, lads. I really enjoyed that long and winding road with you guys. Take care. All you need is love in the Things We Dig podcast. Goodbye. Good night from across the pond, everybody. It's the other Chris. See you around the clubs. Where are we going, fellas? To the to top, the Johnny. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that was horrible. Yeah. Is there yeah. a lag?